Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Last week, a group of advocates held a march in Coburg on World Homeless Day. They walked from the courthouse on William Street to the county building hoping to raise awareness about those sleeping in the rough in parks and other public spaces across Northumberland. Notably, four days before the march, Northumberland County Warden Bob Crate released a preemptive statement saying the county was finalizing setting up warming rooms. The statement also mentioned getting input from people with lived experience. It also went on to describe other steps the county was taking to help homeless people. In this interview, Jennifer Moore, CAO of Northumberland County, will dig deeper into the statement and what is actually going on when it comes to preparations to address the needs of people who find themselves without shelter. Have a listen. I'm so pleased to have with me today Jennifer Moore, CAO for the County of Northumberland. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you. It's good to be here, Rob. It seems unusual for the county to send out a press release regarding winter warming rooms in early October. Normally, we don't hear anything about this until it's really cold, weather arrives in either December or January. So why did the county decide it was important to make a public statement last week? Well, I think we we were aware that there were community members that were expressing concern, and, and we wanted we want to make sure that they knew that this is something that we we took seriously. We know it's important and a priority for our community, and we're certainly working on it. We're we're just getting the the final details in place, so we don't have all the specifics yet. But um, it is something that that staff are busy working with our partners to make sure that it happens again this year. The event that took place earlier this week in regards to homelessness. How did you respond to the community day of action? Uh. We we did not uh, we didn't make a formal response. We certainly um, heard um, what the the community members had raised as as concerns, um, and uh, we we certainly take all of that input um, into consideration as we do our planning and and develop uh, what our systems responses will be to community needs. Was there a formal r- request or a formal uh, application to you to get information? Uh, no, we didn't have any formal um, interaction with the group. They um, they made their made their plans and then they certainly um, uh, visited the site and and shared that information. But there wasn't any direct communication. What is the status of the county's plans at the moment? You said you're working on stuff. Can you be a little more detailed? Uh, well, we we are uh, working uh, with a uh, finalizing the location as well as the service provider. Um, so those conversations are are well in hand. Uh, so we'll be able to share that information in the coming weeks. Uh, and then also um, the, they, the staff do work closely 
um, with our community groups to understand um, what uh, those with lived experience, um, what needs they have from a from a warming room. So um, that information is is being gathered as we um, develop uh, what the the plans will be with the service provider and, and at at the location. Can you tell us a little bit more about this consultation that you're doing with people with lived experience? Is, is this something new or is this something you've done before and what does it involve? The, the county staff and, and our service provider, providers work together. Um, we have um, a, different tables that we sit at with the, the, homeless, uh, the homelessness response uh, group. So um, that those, those providers are our eyes and ears um, to understand what those needs are and to bring that back uh, through the conversations at those, at those planning tables. Now, we were aware before that th- those planning tables do exist. What is different this time in terms of people with lived experience? I did not think that, that there was anybody with lived experience at those tables. Has that changed? No, it's it's the, the a lot of the same groups, but they they do work very closely um, in, with uh, those with those with those with lived experience, um, and and they bring that back to the table in, in conversations and in what they're learning um, as they provide service and identify needs. Last year, Transition House partnered with St. Peter's Church. Is that the same type of thing you're investigating right now? What do we know about that? Uh, we'll we'll look at a, at a partnership. Like I said, those those details are still being finalized for the exact location and and uh, and who the partners will be. But um, it will be a partnership, um, and and it'll be be developed um, jointly, uh, and and that's how it will be rolled out. So once once we have all of that finalized and 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 nailed down, then then we'll be able to share all of that information. But yes, it will be a partnership with the community. So it, will it be similar in the sense that it's Transition House partnering with with some other organization, or is when you say the county, is it the social services department or the county itself that's going to partner? How how does that wor- work? Is it is it the same as before, or is it going to be different this year? The, the those details are are exactly what we're having those conversations ah. now to to get that that finalized. Um, you know, we're we're really not at a point where we can talk about exactly um, how that will will roll out. We want to make sure that um, we we communicate once and we communicate accurately when we do go out to the public, so that they they know exactly what to expect. Uh, and and we we don't want to get get rumors and rumblings out there before everything is is finalized, and and we don't want to change it once we communicate. So um, we will share. Like I said, we're we're probably within another few weeks we'll have all of that that ready. Uh, but for who delivers, um, it is not generally. Uh, the role of the county to be the delivery agent for these types of services. And there's lots of examples where um, we have agreements with a wide range of community organizations to deliver social services programming throughout the county. Um, we are typically a funder, uh, and then we have uh, service agreements um, to, to lay out what the accountabilities will be for those that are directly providing the service. So it, it's not just always Transition House does this. It, it could be any one of a number of agencies that you decide to partner with and et cetera. Is that correct? Anytime, anytime there's a service, um, there's a number of ways that we we find and select the appropriate partner agency. And depending on what their skills and their services are, um, what their current status is, their ability to deliver the service, their staffing, um, all of those things are taken into consideration as, as we determine um, who's most appropriate to deliver the service in our community at any given time. In the press release, you talk about expanded emergency shelter remaining in place. What do you mean by that? 
with the social services relief funding and as well as with um, some additional um, national funding that, that we received, um, we've been able to um, have uh, some additional units to what we had previously um, so that um, that will continue. Uh, and that what that is, is those are the beds that are available in Transition House, um, as well as the uh, overflow motel rooms. Um, so we are, we're able to maintain those motel rooms in place, um, as well as the beds at Transition House. So um, we, we've had that expansion and that will remain in place for the foreseeable future. So how many beds uh, are available then in total with that additional funding? Do you know? 34 individuals at any given time through the emergency shelter system. Now, I, I know that Transition House also owes, uh, offers shelter to families and, and couples. Uh, is, is that going to continue on as well under, under this plan? The, the transition house is where we will always direct folks to go if they're in need of, of shelter or um, diversion supports. That That is the first door that everyone needs to go to. Um, start with transition house and whether you visit them or whether phone them, uh, and then they will help direct um, they will help direct that either that individual or family to the right place from there. They, they are our single point of entry. I understand that. I guess what I'm asking, though, is out of the 34 beds, are there still beds or accommodation for, let's say, if a family needs an emergency shelter or a couple needs an emergency shelter? When you talk about beds, 34 beds, you know, I, I know that they talk about having motel rooms where a family could be together or whatever. I'm just wondering how diversified that 34 number is, please. Yeah, and, and that's part of what, what the staff at Transition House assess. Um, what are the needs and and what are the most suitable location and accommodation um, for that individual or their family? So is it appropriate that they be in the shelter or is it more appropriate that their their situation is suited for the overflow motel? And, and they assess that and determine um, where the best spot is that they can accommodate. And now, just to go back over a little something, just so our listeners can understand, what is the Social Services Relief Fund? Can you describe what that is and how you take advantage of it? So, so that was temporary funding that was um, provided by uh, the provincial government uh, through the pandemic. Uh, so that was a temporary um, funding that we had that was in addition to uh, what we normally receive for homelessness response. And um, it has really helped us to expand some of our programming. Um, it's allowed us to do some things that we, we wouldn't have been able to do with uh, our regular base homelessness uh, response funding. Um, what it did is is it, um, it we, we were able to do things um, like um, the Northumberland Eats program was launched. It's now been tradition transitioned to uh, the United Way. Uh, we were able to um, do some of the, the special needs that we had with the cleaning and all of those sorts of things that were specific to COVID. Uh, we were able to um, purchase a property in Campbellford that we are looking at um, renovating and um, turning into supportive housing. Uh, and and that, uh, that'll that be ready to go in the coming months. Um, so those were some, some one-time things uh, that we were able to do with that funding, as well as make sure that we could uh, maintain our system with all the increased demands because of COVID. Uh, that will go away um um in the in the future that like i said that was one time a covid specific um special relief funding from the province the the funding that you're getting now to maintain or uh, keep all the these emergency shelter stuff in place where's that money coming from 
So the county ourselves, we we have about ten million dollars in 2022. Um, we're spending about ten million dollars in levy dollars, um, and that's what goes into our housing and homelessness program. So there's a wide range of services that we provide. So that could be capital, like our redevelopment at Elgin Park. Uh, it's also the um, supports for our 344 social housing units that we own and operate. Uh, it's um, rent supplement programs and shelter benefits. It, so it's that whole system. We have um, incentives to try and incentivize the private sector to do more affordable housing development. So all of that bucket is, is about $10 million that we're spending out of county dollars. Um, then we also uh, have about a million and a half that we get from the province that we need to use specifically to spend on homelessness prevention. And, and that that goes into um, things like Transition House and what the supports, the financial supports we provide there, as well as some of our other diversion programs, support workers and so on. So there's a, a whole um, a suite of programs that we develop out of those pots of funding that we get. All right. I'm, I'm a bit confused now because we were talking earlier about expanded emergency shelter remaining in place. And then you said that you had this additional funding to guarantee that we're going to have these 34 beds in place. So where is the funding coming to keep those in place? I, I mean, you've talked a bit about the budget. You've talked about this social services really fund. Where does that pot of money come to maintain that those shel- that shelter space? Uh, so we we have the, the 1.5 so the county contributes. We've got out of our bucket, we've got about uh, a quarter million that goes specifically to homelessness, as well as all of our other programs. We get about a million and a half from the province that goes into those programs, and then we also um, do get. Uh, we have a, a new pot of money, and um, the name of the program it is federal based um, programming. Um, it's called the Reaching Home Initiative. Uh, and that is also um, some uh, funding that we've just recently started receiving um, that is helping with the expanded um, shelter capacity. So all of that together is what funds our overall homelessness and housing support system. That new program you mentioned, the Reaching Home, can can you describe what that's for and, and how much money you, you got from them? Um, I, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but what it does is it's helping to enhance our shelter program. Um, the the capacity for the for the winter with the additional motel rooms, um, and it's also helping with our diversion housing support services that we have, and and those are administered largely by Transition House. So it's helping with those two components specifically, um, and it like I said, it goes into that pot and looks at the whole suite of services along with the levy funding and the provincial funding. Of the thirty four beds that you are offering to the community, how many beds are currently in use or the last time you received the report, uh, do we know what the capacity, what they're at at the moment? Um, I, I don't have the current capacity, but um, I've been consistently advised that there is room available for those that wish to access the shelter. Back in the summer, when there were concerns raised about people sleeping in parks and public spaces, there was a call to act immediately to address the situation. Can you bring us up to date as to what has happened since then to help unsheltered people in terms of an immediate response? There, there's, there certainly has been ongoing discussions. Uh, I think um, working with the town of Coburg, uh, a bit better understanding of what services are available, um, where Member municipalities can can get involved. Um, I know I know there were a, a number of, of specific questions around facilities, and and I think that um, a lot um, a lot needs to be be a lot more needs to be done 
um, there uh, to understand those facilities and, and what the, the financial impacts are, the operational impacts and so on, whether they're suited for that. Uh, so, so I think there's, there's ongoing conversations. Um, I think some of the focus as well has been looking uh, a little deeper at affordable housing, knowing that that is certainly a key factor in, in addressing homelessness. And, and really, um, I, th I think we have to look at the, at the focus of um, where, where we're at with who's going to fund this. When we look at both the, the county uh, and our member municipalities, um, you know, municipal governments get eight cents on the dollar uh, of taxes. And, and the, the implications of solving these challenges really require resources from every level of government. Um, we, we don't have the financial capacity to be the only ones at the table. So whether, whether it's us or, or, or other um, lower tier municipalities, we, we still only don't have the resources to do things like, or in, in a, even some of it's not within our scope of responsibility. When we look at the healthcare needs, the mental health and addictions challenges that go along with this, when we look at some of the, um, the benefits for through OW and ODSP and, and the ability to pay for rents with, for those that are receiving those, those types of fun, uh, funding support. So it, it is, while we can say we're working on it, I think we, we need a lot of resources from other levels of government as well as what um, Coburg and other municipalities can, can come to the table with to the county. How often are you meeting with uh, other municipal representatives to address this issue? Are you meeting on a regular basis? Um, I, we we don't have um, standing meetings set up. The the CAOs group meet every second month, um, and and homelessness is 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 on that agenda very regularly. Um, and that would be myself and all of the lower tier CAOs because I think that's something else to to remember that that all of our member municipalities are facing these challenges, and, and we often put the focus on Coburg, but but really it, there there are people in every every municipality that are they're experiencing that experiencing homelessness and 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 the county needs to to look at the the broader issues and so so the CAOs meet regularly um, social services staff um, uh, they do a lot of that meeting through their response tables and and they do meet with the town staff but uh, more on an issue by issue or ad hoc basis um, we don't have ongoing standing meetings. Are there any talks or proposals that have come up since the summer uh, to maybe address the, the situation with uh, uh, creating space or warming centers or uh, affordable housing or temporary housing? Uh, you, you know, you hear lots of stuff in the community, people saying, well, this should be done or that should be done. Has anybody come forward to the county or to any of the member municipalities to say, here's a proposal or, you know, we're in negotiation about this or that? Anything you can share with us? Um, we we have not received any directly. I think where we have the most conversation and interest are um, perhaps some some interest at more the housing construction level, and and we will uh, from time to time have folks that are either in the private sector or the nonprofit sector come forward and and we look and and, and evaluate those. And as I mentioned earlier, we have some. Um, incentive programs to try and, and get more affordable housing constructed. So um, th that comes forward uh, from a, a specifically homelessness response. Um, I, I'm not aware of anything coming forward that was a concrete proposal um, that, that we could could look at. I think there's lots of ideas uh, and, and there's lots of um, lots of things that are suggested or recommended from other other communities and, and we need to look at those 
um, with some caution, some are great ideas. Many are from centers much larger than ours. So we need to um, look at what resources they have and, and where their uh, partner agencies are, are available to have supports and, and resources to physically be there and those sorts of things. So we need to look at all of that, but probably the, the more frequent proposals that would come forward would be around the actual construction um, of homes and, and trying to get that, um, that going. We recently learned that uh, the town of Coburg is planning to buy the uh, old CDCI West playing field, which they have alluded to that uh, might be good for affordable housing. Has anything been shared with the county or is the county involved in any aspect of that? Uh, we, we're not uh, involved at this point. We did do some preliminary um, work on looking at that site. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that early uh, reviews is that we have to look at what the cost would be um, to build on that particular site and, and whether um, that would be the most effective use of our affordable housing dollars. Um, there are some things when we when we look at what would need to be done for servicing and that sort of thing um, and, and whether it's it's the best place. Um, it, that's what we have to do with any anytime a property comes available. Um, is look at um, sites and whether they're they're great greenfield sites we have to look at or whether they they require cleanup other sites we could be looking at servicing costs and what does it cost to get pipes in the ground and pumping stations and all of those things um, other sites might have buildings that need to be demolished um, previous uses those so every, every site is a bit unique and in, in looking at um, what could be there and then of course we also have to look at um, the planning and whether there's any um, limitations or restrictions on what could be constructed and and obviously if if we're investing affordable housing dollars we need to maximize uh, the that land and in order to maximize the land I think most of us know that translates into a certain level of density and and making sure that we can you know land's expensive and we've got to get an, a reasonable number of units on that land um, in order to um, make it a good business case to to start the construction and, and operate affordable units. So um, I think it, it's certainly something we could consider, but an initial reviews is that that would be a fairly expensive site for what we typically build. Soon the county will be uh, making its budget deliberations public for the 2023 uh, fiscal year. Can you tell us if there's any plans for new money for year-round permanent space for both warming and cooling? Um, we have already actually made some of it public uh, during the, the the last few months uh, during our committee meetings. Um, we have already um, publicly put forward what some of our issue papers would be. And one of the issue papers in social services is um, proposing an extra $300,000 towards homelessness supports. So when we, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, we currently use about $250,000 a year of levy dollars specifically for homelessness. This would more than double um, the local contribution. Uh, but really what that would do is, is that would um, look at maintaining things like the warming room that has been funded through social services um, relief fund dollars. Um, so, in, and that's where we get into some of what we'll have to come up with from um, the local property tax base in order to maintain some of the things we were able to roll out during COVID because of this special one-time provincial funding. Uh, so that proposal has already been been floated out there through a committee meeting. 
Uh, and of course, we'll, we'll all wait for the um, the new council to get sworn in and, and go through the formal budget presentations. And, and of course, the new council will have an opportunity to uh, make comment uh, on that proposal, but it's already been put forward by staff. But that's not a, a permanent uh, center. We're talking about a similar program like we have now, the warming center that we do over the, the winter months when it gets cold. Am I correct in that? It would be looking at a similar model to what we've had the last couple of years, yes. Okay. What about additional money for affordable housing? Is there uh, is there anything been rolled out about that? Uh, we, we have not put um, money specifically in the budget beyond what our incentive programs are. Uh, I think we we do have a number of projects that are currently um, in the works or other projects that we're pursuing to potentially develop in the future. We, of course, have Elgin Park that's under construction, and, and I do take a drive by to, to, to keep an eye on that. And, I, and uh, our, our one building is up out of the ground now, and that's all very exciting. So um, it's certainly on track for those new units. Uh, and we're in the, um, the getting close to the design phase uh, for the Ontario Street project. And we know that that's been out there. That's our partnership with um, Ontario Operational Housing and Habitat for Humanity. So those are two that are in Coburg. Uh, and then some of the other things that we're working on are um, looking at land acquisition um, in, in any community in the county. Uh, we don't have a lot of land. So that's, of course, our, our first um, priority. We, we can't really plan a project until we have a place to build it. Uh, so um, seeking seeking land and, um, and exploring some op- options there. Nothing that's quite ready for prime time, but um, always looking at, at different different opportunities. As well, um, more recently, the Eastern Ontario Wardens Caucus um, has begun early conversations and looking at whether there's a broader Eastern Ontario regional project that um, we could potentially do to incentivize some rental housing. Um, and and we'll see um, how that goes, but certainly in early talks there to see if we can be part of that. Uh, so a few different things um, that, are, that are happening, but all very early on. How do you think the upcoming municipal election could have an impact on the county's plans for homelessness and affordable housing? Um, I don't think I can really speculate on on what will happen. We don't know um, who will be sitting around county council at this point. So um, I think that one of the first things we do uh, when we get a new council is begin begin working. Of course, we have the the current year budget to, to get get things um, continuing on with operations, but then we'll dive into doing a strategic plan and we always update our plan with a new council. And I think that's really the opportunity for all the new members of council to um, set their priorities and and see if if their direction will be to make homelessness and, and housing initiatives uh, top of the list um, and, and give staff that, that direction on, on where they'd like to see us put our, our efforts. Jennifer Moore, I wanna thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. That was Jennifer Moore, CAO of Northumberland County. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. 
If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.